a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome back to the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Michelle and Jake along for the ride on this Saturday morning. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. Hope you all are doing well, whatever you're doing on this Saturday. Uh, by the way, it's like a bluebird day outside right now. Like I driving in, it was like, okay, there's there's some clouds out there, but it's a pretty nice day, all things considered outside. Was it? It was pretty cloudy when I rolled in. Okay. Well, I just, even with the clouds during the winter, as long as it's not... Uh, hazy, like we don't yeah. have invert. I'm totally okay with it, and that's kind of what this winter. We've actually gotten pretty lucky, all things considered, inversion wise. When there's a lot of snow, less inversion. So I guess that's the trade off we take. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. Well. Eh. I mean, as long as it keeps snowing, yeah. yeah if well, there's a lot of snow on the ground and, and it's not still snowing, little, yeah. then then yeah, then it's going to be it's a hazy. Problem. It's going to be gross. All right. So Michelle, the NFL Combine is ongoing here, and. We have uh, the measurements coming in for some of the local guys of note here, and I wanted to run run them down with you real quick. Uh, let's start off with Puka Nakua here at BYU. He's the first one I saw this morning. I uh, checked it at six foot two, about what I expected height wise. That sounds about right. Uh, weight two hundred and one pounds, yeah. and uh, they do arm length and hand size. I got this from the Draft Network. Arm length thirty one and a half inches, nine and a half inch, ha- nine and a half inch hands. Which hand size for a wide receiver is completely different conversation than is for a quarterback. But that's still not those aren't the biggest hands out there in the world. No, uh, that part was a little surprising. I, I would have expected better, especially with not his, better hands, bigger hands. <laughs> better hands because Puka's got a, in, yeah, he's got pretty he's good, got hands. good hands. Yeah. It's just the 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 uh, yeah yeah bigger mitts to catch yes. the ball with. Yes, yeah, bit of a surprise. Um, now Jaron Hall uh, checking in right at six foot, and I I've, I've stood next to both of these guys. The, neither of these surprised me. Yeah, wise. I was going to say, I've only stood next to Puka. Yeah. And that checks out. I haven't stood next to Jaron, but I mean, six foot doesn't surprise me. That look, that looks about right. Well, let's put it this way. On a, on a, okay, if you, if you measure me on a day to day basis, Michelle, I'm either 5'11 and 7'8 or right at six foot. <laughs> Legitimately. I, that, my wife has done this. She, 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 like, you're five eleven and seven eights. And then the next day she's like, let's measure it. I was six foot on the dot. I don't know why it changes, but that's right where I sit. Huh. I've stood right next to Jaron. We see eye to eye. Yeah. We're the same height. Not much difference. Now he checks in at 207 pounds. Actually a little lighter than I thought Jaron would be yeah, checking. Yeah, he seems a little thicker than that to me. But... He'll play thicker than that. Yeah. Like here's the thing. A lot of these guys have probably been training so much. They may have cut some of the Drops body fat. Weight. Yeah. And Jaron in my opinion, and even if an NFL team they'll take him, they'll tell him we want you at two fifteen, two twenty. Yeah, which is more what I was expecting. Yeah, but 
yeah, these these guys do sometimes slim down a little bit more than how they would actually play. Now, his hand size, arm length doesn't really matter for a quarterback. It's all, you got to be able to deliver the football, whatever. Hand size, though, for Jaron, nine and a half inches. So not the biggest hands out there. Actually, the biggest hands belong to, I believe, is Will Levis, at least that I saw, 10 and 5 eighths inches. It's just, <laughs> those are some big mitts. Yeah, so pretty big. So Jaron, not the sm- not the biggest hands, but also not the smallest. So decent size there. Uh, for comparison's sake, though, Tanner McKee obviously has some local uh, connections. Obviously a guy that BYU recruited, played at, played at Stanford against both Utah and BYU. He checked in at 6'6", not surprised. He's tall. Trust me. Anybody who's seen him, he's very tall. 231 pounds. But here's the concerning one, Michelle. His hand size, at 6'6", he's a full half foot taller than Jaron Hall. Nine and three-eighths inches. He's got smaller hands than Jaron Hall does. He's got smaller hands than Puka Nakua. Like, That's funny. Like that that was mind boggling. He has to me. very dainty hands. It's fine. Uh, apparently so. Now, here's one for you. Dalton Kincaid. We have his numbers finally. Okay. This the first one's my the most surprising number to me is the first one. Six three and a half. I actually thought he was gonna check in at six four. Yeah. I mean it's not too far off from no. that. But yeah, no, I I thought he was like a solid six four. Six three and a half though. Close enough. Sure. Wait, 246. That's a good number for him, especially considering. So Michael Mayer uh, from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. everybody calls him Baby Gronk. He checked in at 6'4", 249 pounds, like s- much smaller than I thought he was going to check in. Yeah. At. Uh, so, yeah. So Dalton, good weight. Now, the other thing, the other number I really like about Dalton Kincaid here, 30, well, two of them, 32 and 5'8 on his arm length. So he's got a nice wingspan. Mm-hmm. Ten and a quarter on hand size. Ten and a quarter. Ten and one fourth inches on it on his hands. So he got so he got some big mitts. No wonder why he's only recorded two drops in his entire career. Touches his hands. Homeboy's catching it. Unless it's a bad pass. Good point. Yes. But, but just, those are honestly those are some pretty good measurements for those three individuals, the local guys. Yeah. Puka, Jaron, and um, uh, Dalton. We're going to find out uh, Blake Freeland, Braden Daniels will be checking in. I have not seen Tavion Thomas's numbers yet. So, What I'll, about Clark Phillips? Clark, I'll have to look for that. Let me check. I'll check on that while we're talking here. But I, I wanted to ask you a question. While I, while I hunt for that, uh, with regards to Kincaid, I'm of the opinion we had uh, – uh, who was it um, – uh, Cam Meller uh, from okay. Pro Football Network on with us earlier this week with DJ and PK. And he said the ceiling for Dalton Kincaid is tight end one. He says he's competing with Luke Musgrave from Oregon State and Michael Mayer, who I already mentioned. Those are kind of the top three guys. And all three of them, in theory, could be first-round picks. What do you think it's going to take for Kincaid to essentially surpass Musgrave, who did? Musgrave checked in at 6'6", 253. Like, he, he, he big. He had 10 and 3 eighths uh, inches on his hand size. Michael Mayer, 6'4 and a half, 249, 9 half inch hands. What, what's it going to take for Dalton to climb over those two to make himself as the top tight end this year? I, I think good interviews, which it sounds like he absolutely nailed those. People walked away so impressed with him. As uh, they and, should. And yeah, it's kind of one of those. If you've ever had the opportunity to sit and talk to him for a minute, like I just such a nice guy, such a nice kid. Uh, at, you know, I I think, and I'm sure this probably came up, the stuff about with Alabama. He's talked mm-hmm. a lot about how disappointing it is that any kind of loyalty in college football has gone out the window. Has kind of a very old school mindset in in that way. Uh, so I I think those are kinds of things that are going to be really impressive to an NFL team, uh, and that could 
potentially give him the edge. Obviously, I think if he is able to go on pro day and he did say that he plans on it, yeah, you know, putting up some good numbers on pro day also will go a long way. But I mean, the fact of the matter is people have circled back around and actually started looking at his tape and watching and looking at his stats and doing a, ha, huh, <laughs> I think we miscalculated on this one to start out. He should have been much higher from the get go. Well, and see, and that's the thing about this is I don't know why they did that, though. Is, is that, does that make sense? Like, yeah. w- w- I want to know what they were thinking to have over kind of overlooked him in the beginning. I don't know if it's the other two just like got way more press. And Maybe, so yeah. it was just like, OK, whatever. The fact that now I don't even remember what that award was that totally overlooked Dalton Kincaid didn't even have oh, him John, on the John Mackey award. Yeah. Yes. Didn't even have him on the ballot, mm-hmm. not even on the ballot and his stats are better than the other twos to my knowledge, like considerably better. And he wasn't even on the ballot. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of start thinking, Oh, well he must not be that good or whatever. And it took whoever, I'm not sure who was kind of the first to kind of circle back and start pounding that drum. But somebody had to go back and be like, huh, he should have been on that list. I uh, hope so, at least, yeah. You know, he, he does this, 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 and this really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I think, you know, he has, and that's kind of what's been coming out, Travis Kelsey-type potential. And, and, again, like, these guys are all their own individual. He'll put his own style and stamp on it. But kind of of that same vein – and that's what NFL teams are kind of wanting right now from their tight ends. And he's right there. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Uh, Cam Miller kind of brought it up. He's like, he's, he, Cam said this essentially, like, if once he gets into the NFL, he immediately is in, at least in the top half of, if I'm not saying what he said, of in terms of pure pass catching tight ends. And that's what the NFL wants right now. They want the next George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. On down the list. The, right. These elite tight ends that completely transform an offense. And that's – Dalton Kincaid's got that's that. Dalton. Yeah. So really cool stuff. I, I, by the way, I did find Clark's numbers for you. You ready? Okay. Five foot nine. Okay. Yeah. 184 pounds. Not bad on the weight. 29 and one-eighths inches on his arms. And his hand size, nine and one-eighths inches. So – Okay. Yeah. Kind of a – one-eighth inches? Yeah. About what I would have expected. That, that checks out. So – Okay, and this is a conversation I, I I had the opportunity to fill in on Unrivaled earlier this week. And I was talking with uh, Scott Mitchell, mm-hmm. and Scott and I got on the Clark Phillips conversation. Scott's of the opinion I think I agree with him, and I we kind of brought the, we kind of came to a consensus on this. At five foot nine, Clark has excelled at playing as an outside cornerback at the college level. Mm-hmm. But Michelle, at five nine in the NFL, I'm terrified that he he, he he's going to be forced to move inside. He's going to have to play s- slot. The problem is, as, as Scott brought up, he's never really played slot. That's that's the problem. So what would you do with him? I I think he ultimately does end up going inside. And okay. he, I mean, Utah did actually play him at nickel a few they did times. Play, they played some, yeah. Um, Out of necessity, and he crushed it. He was good. So, I, I mean, yeah, these teams might have to be a little bit patient with him as he, like, really, really gets – that under under his feet, that position. But, I I mean, Clark is a kid that's proven time and time again, if he wants something bad enough, he's going to make it happen for himself. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Now, they, he checked in his 40-yard dash, 4.51 seconds. Not a bad number. I know a lot of people are like, you need to run. No, you don't. You just, four five's plenty fast. Yeah. 33-inch uh, vertical. I actually expected that number because dude can yeah, hop. He's got some hops. He's very yeah. athletic. Uh, 4.32 second on his 20-yard uh, shuttle. And then 18 bench press reps at 184 pounds at 225 pounds. That's a pretty good number. He, he's strong. Yeah. I, well, and again, not surprising if you've ever been around Clark. Yeah. Like, yes, he's he's tiny, but he's very he's very well packed in that tiny yeah. tininess. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's. I, I actually think that's a pretty good showing for Clark. I just the thing about it is I I look at him and to me I think that he is going to yeah just the size is is going to force him inside because. I just I brought up to the point I don't know who I was on with I was talking with somebody and I, we were talking about the fact like an elite wide receiver in the NFL DK Metcalf mm-hmm. like DK is like the epitome of what uh, you want an NFL wide receiver to be six four chiseled can jump out of the gym but also can run right by it right. with a four four speed that's a guy to me that Clark Phillips going one on one with will get beaten by mm-hmm. but they're going to beat everybody yeah. But Clark, as you mentioned, he packs a nice punch into a, a smaller frame where if he goes on the interior against maybe a guy who's not the same ilk as what uh, DK Metcalf is over here, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. The only problem with that is it probably pushes him in the, sec- in the second round. And, I mean, that's not a bad place for Clark yeah. to be. That's not – That's not. there is no shame in going in the second it's round. There's still plenty of money, you, Yeah, you're still getting a lot of money. You still have the opportunity – to be a starter, be a mm-hmm. star, it's it's really kind of up to you. I mean, all these guys, it's it's not about where you go. It's about what your mindset is going into it. And if you really want it, you can make it happen. Just ask Tyler Huntley. Sure. And that, that, that's the thing about this is Utah has a – we know this. It's a well-established tradition of developing high-end defensive back talent for the NFL. You just got to look around of what they've done with these with these defensive backs. And Clark is just the latest in this group. He, he Yeah, he may not be the elite-sized athlete, but trust me, he's going to be a starting guy in the in an NFL defense. And the nice part is with proliferation, by the way, and this is a, one of the quick thought, with proliferation of those spread offenses making their way into the NFL, like the, what the Philadelphia Eagles do, mm-hmm. guess what you need? A nickel. You need a nickel back. You need a third cornerback on the field almost at all times anymore. And that's where I think Clark ultimately excels. Agreed. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Some interesting numbers across the board. Good to see. By the way, for the local guys, the numbers have checked in pretty Pretty close to what we expected. And, yes, it's been good numbers. Nothing's been like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't been like like cringing like, oh, that's not – it's actually been a pretty good good showing so so far. far. Guys have shown out well. Uh, the other thing for Dalton, I just I hope he heals up quickly because we do want to. NFL scouts want to see him go through those drills. Back fracture to play through that. Hats off to you, sir. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, wrap up today's show. This is the Saturday show right here on ninety-seven point five FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.